grab a seat. I really don't feel like I need to add much to what's already happened this morning, but I just want to spend a few moments reflecting on our vision and values uh, as a church, where it is that we are heading and what is God inviting us to. Um, but let me just begin with this. I wonder how you watched the coronation last weekend, if you watched it at all. Uh, in our house, we decided to celebrate the coronation day with a family fry-up. We thought that would be a fitting way to do it. Um, but we definitely overestimated uh, how long it, uh, our little kids could watch the service for. Um, or, um, and so we ended up quickly having Hey Dougie on the laptop um, in front of us, but also the Archbishop of Canterbury and King Charles III uh, on the TV. Um, but when you think about it, the service itself was quite Disney, wasn't it, in many ways? It was like it was something from a fairy story. I mean, there were princesses, kings and queens, carriages, ancient swords, gloves. Uh, maybe at one point we thought that a giant pumpkin was going to appear. Uh, I don't know. But whether you are a royalist or not, there was definitely uh, a national fascination about what was going on last weekend. My wife was showing me on the Saturday evening uh, her top five memes from the coronation. Uh, the internet was going crazy about Corrie Nash, uh, as it was calling it. And I think one of the things that happens in moments like last weekend is that we're reminded that we are actually part of a bigger story than me, myself, and I. We're, we're part of something greater that shapes us and that we play a part in in some way, a story that's been going on for hundreds of years and we get caught up in. And I think it's the longing of every human heart to live for something greater than ourselves. When we become Christians, Jesus invites us to live under a different story, to live for a new purpose. And it's a story that shapes who we are. It's a story that shapes what we do, our purpose in life. It's the story of Jesus' love breaking into the world. It's the story of the kingdom of God. That is our vision as a church. That is what we're about. And that's what I just want to unpack for a few moments. So if we're able to get that vision uh, statement on the screen, that'd be awesome. Uh, our vision is this, to extend the love of Jesus and pursue God's kingdom in southeast London, in Sydney and Forest Hill, and as we dream beyond. So what is the kingdom? What does it mean? The ki oh, at, at the center of the kingdom is Jesus as king. We were singing earlier, all hail King Jesus. And when Jesus comes as king, when he comes in his power and his love and his authority, good things happen. When Jesus walked into people's lives, good things tended to happen. People were set free. People were healed. Lives were restored. Hope was born. And that's what we want to see at Holy Trinity. So what we're saying is at the center of this church, we say Jesus is Lord and we welcome the presence of Jesus. That's what it means to be a kingdom-focused church. On uh, Tuesday night last week, we had a prayer and worship evening, and we, we received a number of prophetic words to encourage us with the sort of kingdom things that God is going to do here through Holy Trinity. And I just wanted to read a few this morning to encourage you. 
So we had a picture of dry bones being awoken with a holy kiss, a sense of resurrection coming, but through tenderness and love and service. Uh, We had a picture of walls being broken down, a sense of God restoring relationships in this place or building community. Uh, Someone had a picture of a child about to go on a water flume and a sense that God was calling the church to a childlike faith and to prepare for the Holy Spirit, the coming of the Holy Spirit. The line was that kids don't want control, they want fun. And it was an invitation for us to let go of control, perhaps uh, let go of that temptation to be ordered and nice so that we can be free for the joy and the adventure of the Spirit. There was a picture of singing as colors filling the room. And that person was reminded of Psalm 141, my prayer set before you like incense. At the center of the kingdom is worship. There was a picture of two building blocks fitting perfectly together, just a sense that God is bringing together um, all the right people and all the right sources as we pursue God's kingdom here in Sydney Forest Hill. I love this picture. There was a picture of each person jumping from a marshmallow as a springboard into the next season. Uh, A word about the joy of the kingdom. And then finally, there was a picture of a tree and a coin, a sense of growth, but also God's provision and how provision in the kingdom is different from the world. God provides in extraordinary ways. Another way to describe kingdom would be as heaven coming. We see the reality of heaven breaking in to the present. Heaven where there's no more death or mourning or crying or pain breaking into the present. We're invited to partner with that. That's what it means to pursue the kingdom. That's what we want to see. And our vision is not something that we've come up with ourselves. It's not just, uh, or it's not a bright idea that any of us have had, it's something that comes from the vision of Jesus. The church's vision is Jesus' vision. And so just to unpack a biblical basis for this, um, right at the beginning of Jesus' ministry in Mark chapter 1, John the Baptist announces Jesus is coming. We get the baptism of Jesus. He goes into the wilderness, and then he's about to start his ministry, and he announces this, the time has come. You've been waiting for this time for many years. The time has come. The kingdom of God is near in me, so repent and believe the good news. You were living one way. You were living in one story. Now turn around and come and live in the story of the kingdom. And then as we look through Jesus' ministry, the whole of his ministry can be summarized in this word kingdom. When he taught, he taught about the kingdom He taught often in parables about the kingdom. When Jesus performed miracles, signs and wonders, they were signs of what? They were signs of the kingdom coming. Signs of the reality of heaven breaking in as people were healed, as people were set free. And there was great excitement around that. That's what we want to see here at HT. When he taught his disciples to pray, how did he teach them to pray? To pray the kingdom. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in heaven. And Jesus' cross was at the center of enabling the goodness of kingdom life to come to us, the flow of kingdom life, forgiveness, freedom, wholeness, joy, peace, and righteousness in the Holy Spirit. Put it another way, 
Jesus came to bring life and life in all its fullness, John 10, 10. And then Jesus very clearly passes this vision, this kingdom mandate on to his disciples. And throughout the Gospels and then the book of Acts, we get a number of commissioning passages from Jesus. And um, perhaps one of the most direct commissioning passages that we get comes from Matthew 6, verse 33, where Jesus says, Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and everything else will be given to you as well. Seek first the kingdom. That is our vision. That is the story that we're invited to live under. That's what we're invited to give our lives too. And this verse comes in the context of Jesus teaching about worry. And all of us will have anxieties as we come here, real anxieties, things that we're wrestling with, uh, cost of living crisis, will God provide, jobs that we're hoping for, loved ones that we're concerned about. And Jesus says, look to me, look to God as a good father who will provide everything for his children. So you are free to not get caught up in your anxieties and worries, but you're free to follow me for the adventure of the kingdom. To live in a different way from the world, to live free from worry and in this new story. So that is our vision in summary. Um, But how is this going to play out? This is going to play out through our values. And we want to see these kind of reflected in every area of church life. I'd love to see these reflected in the kids' work, youth work, welcome, worship, every area. And I'm just going to go through these uh, in turn now. So our first value is that Holy Trinity is a place that feels like family. Family is a place where we find healing and belonging in community. And one of the things that I notice the Spirit doing amongst us is bringing a distinct unity in our diversity, building community around Jesus. In this church, we have people from nearly every continent and a variety of different denominational backgrounds represented. We've got people from 1 to 96. Is that right with the twins? 96? 96 or 96? 92. Okay, not really. How rude of me. 92. I don't know where I got that from. That's prophetic. Um, We've got people from a wide variety of ages, uh, from different nationalities. I was reflecting on the youth team recently. Uh, in, In our youth team, we have people who've got heritage in Nigeria, India, Scotland, and Sydenham, all coming together to serve our young people. It's a beautiful thing. And you know, actually, as Christians, our primary family is one another. Our primary family is one another. If you look around the room now, whether you like it or not, we're brothers and sisters. We're part of the family. The Apostle Paul says that through Jesus, we've been adopted into the family of God. There's no more Jew or Gentile, slave or free. Our old identities fall away as we become one in him. And the thing with family is that family should be fun, and family should be a place where we can be ourselves. And one of my dreams for this church is that we'd be that kind of place, a place of authenticity, a place of community, of fun, of healing, as people come into a loving uh, community together. 
So we'll be hosting different events over the next uh, year or so. We've got an international picnic coming up on the 4th of June just to create space for us to build relationship together. But you don't need to wait for us to host things. Why not today invite someone for a coffee or a beer or a meal this week? And we can start today. A community that feels like family. The second value is to make Jesus known. There's a growing passion for others to know about Jesus and experience his grace through word and action. You know, the the more we experience the transformational love of Jesus in our lives, the more we want others to know that. And when we think about evangelism, it can sound a bit intimidating, can't it? Something we're a little bit afraid of. But really, evangelism is just like recommending your favorite pizza place. Or if you don't like pizza, insert something you love. When I first moved to London and I started dating Lydia, my now wife, uh, she knew all the cool places to go. I only knew the touristy places. So I kind of followed her uh, guidance in where we should go. And one of our first dates, we went to this place called Home Slice, which is a pizza place in central London in Neil's Yard. And I had never come across a pizza like it. It was huge, 20-inch pizza, and it was the best pizza I'd ever had. And I still maintain it's the best pizza in London to this day. And so for kind of weeks after that, in conversation, I would just drop in, have you been to Home Slice? It is amazing. That is basically what evangelism is like. When we experience the goodness of God, when we experience his love, we can't do anything else but want to share that with others. And in the autumn, we're going to be hosting an alpha course or a seeker course. And my dream is to see this place packed as we want to make Jesus known in our community. We'll be building a team. We'll be praying for that this term. Why not be thinking about who you could invite, who you could bring along? And we want to make Jesus known through practical service as well. It was wonderful to see this uh, in action through our community cafe this winter. From November to March on Wednesday afternoons, um, we held a community cafe for our uh, local area. And Louise Barber, who ran that with a brilliant team, these are just the, this is just a few of the things that she saw. She said, I saw people who were vulnerable gain confidence. I saw strangers come in and make friends over a meal. I saw people from the community come, non-church goers coming and asking for prayer. I saw someone come in who had loads of questions about faith and great conversations were had. People came and enjoyed a free hot meal, companionship, and intrigue and faith was stirred. And currently, as you've heard from Rachel, we're making lots of plans to extend that work and meet some of the social need here in Cinnamon Forest Hill. So we want to make Jesus known. And then thirdly, our value is scripture and spirit. I would love to claim that everything said in a talk on a Sunday is my bright idea. But I have a confession to make. It is not. It's from the Bible, okay? And we are a church that wants to be intentional about being formed by scripture. There is a growing hunger for the wisdom of the scriptures, I sense, amongst us in a world that can seem ever more confusing and hard to navigate. The psalmist encourages us, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. So we want to make space to teach the scriptures, to ask questions, to learn together. But also, you know, Jesus was a man shaped by scripture So much of his teaching, so much of what his prayers came from Scripture. But he was also a man that was shaped by the Holy Spirit and empowered by the Holy Spirit in everything 
that he did. And he is the model for us. And so we're going to be a church that says, God, we can't do it on our own. We know we can't do it. We need the empowering. We need the guidance. We need the equipping of the Holy Spirit. So we're a church that is formed through Scripture and Spirit. And then our fourth value is everyday disciples. I think so often our frustration in Christian life comes actually from a lack of discipleship. The more we grow as disciples of Jesus, the more we become like him, the more of the deep joy and fulfillment of relationship with God that we experience and we know. So we want to be a church that takes discipleship seriously. And one of the places, a bit of a greenhouse, if you like, of discipleship, where formation happens, is in a smaller group setting than on a Sunday. When we can honestly talk about what's going on with us, we can encourage one another And we can learn to walk the way of Jesus together. And so we encourage everyone to be part of some sort of smaller group, whether that's a connect group, whether that's a prayer triplet. And if you want help with um, getting involved in that, facilitating that, then do come and uh, see me. I'd love to help connect you together. But everyday disciples also means we want to see our faith played out in every sphere of life. We believe that Jesus wants us to thrive in the whole of life. And so we'll be running events and courses, looking at faith and work, in marriage, in parenting, in our finances, in singleness, in dating. The list goes on. Jesus has given us the gift of life, and we want to experience that life in its fullness. And then our final value is bold in faith. And this really comes from a historic motto of the church, which was bold for God. This is this kind of risk-taking attitude. We expect to take risks as we live out our faith. It's part of the DNA of this church. We believe that as we move in faith, as we take risks, great things for the kingdom will happen. Faith is so often the magic in the kingdom of God. And all that we're doing at the moment in this revitalization moment at Holy Trinity and employing staff, developing our space, multiplying our community initiatives, spending finances. We are moving in faith. We are taking risk in obedience to what God is calling us to. Why are we doing that? Because we have a God who is able to do immeasurably more than we ask or imagine. So we're invited to pray bold prayers and pursue bold dreams for the kingdom. As we move forward from this place, we're going to continue to be bold. We're going to continue to take risks. I expect that in the next five years, we'll be undergoing a substantial building project here at Holy Trinity to make space for all the ministry that is going on through this church as we bless our community. What dream has God put on your heart for this church? Can I encourage you? Our God is not a small God. He is the God of immeasurably more. So there's a little bit of an overview, if you like, of our vision and our values, what we're aiming for and how we're going to live this out. But as I finish, I just want to come back to a question. What story are you living under? What would be your purpose in life if someone asked you? What's your why? Today, God is inviting us all in different ways to play our part in making this vision 
a reality. We all have gifts to bring. We all have resources to bring to see heaven come through you and me, broken vessels, but the beauty of the local church. Pete Hughes, uh, our friend and a pastor in central London, puts it like this. As a church, we dream, we pray, and we build. This is the task of the worldwide community of Jesus followers, living to extend God's kingdom and serve his purposes in the world. We are anchored in a story and live out that story in the world. It is messy and chaotic, but beautiful and glorious. It is the local church, God's kingdom army. Should we stand together? And we want to start, as we mean to go on, by saying, God, you've given us this vision. You've given us these dreams. But you also equip by your spirit. So let's just be open to the spirit now. And just as a way of saying, I'm going to respond to this. Can I invite you to put out your hands? Just as a way of saying, God, we need you. Come, Holy Spirit, here we are, your kingdom army, the local church. But we know that we don't fight through swords and spears, but we fight through worship, we fight through love and service, and in the power of your Holy Spirit. So would you come and fill us afresh now? Come, Holy Spirit. Anne just had a few things she sensed we might pray into. Yeah, just as we wait on the Holy Spirit, I feel like um, there are dreams bubbling up inside of people. And there might be new dreams, new things that God's saying to you. I can use you in this way, in this area. I can use you in this way to bring the kingdom. But for some of us, they might be those old dreams, things that you remember from 30 years ago that God did here, and you're like, Lord, do it again. And I think we just want to invite people up to receive prayer. If you've got something in your heart and you're like, I really want to see God's kingdom come here. I don't know how or... I've got an idea how, but I want to be used in the harvest. I want to be used to to bring people to know Jesus. So if you want to just come up and we can pray and just bless what God's stirring in your heart, whether it's an old thing or a new thing. If you want to be used in the harvest, just come. Maybe if ministry people can come and pray, whoever 